Hi, and welcome back to the Teams Insider podcast. Got a good one this week. Uh, my friend Damien Lewis, who uh, works for a, a global enterprise who a lot of people would probably recognise, uh, he is a modern workplace specialist. And we get into how he deals with the amount of Microsoft 365 change and uh, the message center and processing around it and some of the challenges around it. It's something that we've been looking at a lot at Empowering Cloud with our reporting and research and we are building a whole process around it. So a lot of insight has come from Damien on that as well. So thanks to him for that. Thanks to Mnemonics, who are this month's sponsor for the podcast. Really appreciate their support of everything we're doing at Empowering Cloud. And I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to this episode of the Teams Insider Podcast. Really excited for this one. I've got Damien Lewis, who's a digital workplace specialist at a global enterprise, but also very active in the community. We, we always cross paths at a lot of the UK events. Always have a really good conversation, sometimes super in-depth. Super excited to have you on. Do you want to give us a brief overview of you and, and your role and how you got here? Yeah, cheers, Tom. See, I think we first bumped into each other at Commsverse last year, 2022. So, yeah. Was that the, it, was that the first in person? <laughs> that was the first in person, yeah. And the strangeness of ended up jumping in your car and ending up at the wrong hotel and then having to get back to the Commsverse venue and find my hotel. So I've, I've been around IT for, first, for many years now, effectively joined my current role nearly two years ago now, and it, it's built on everything I've been building on through all my other roles up until now. So now I'm at a point where I'm pretty much the system owner for Teams, that'd be Teams Telephony, Microsoft Teams Rooms, anything that falls under Teams comes into to my bucket. So get involved in a whole load of other bits and pieces. I chair and run the weekly Microsoft message center review board. I guess that's an interesting piece because I was having this com conversation with, with an old colleague last week and they were saying they really struggle with the cadence and the, where do I find my information? And how do I break this down? And how do I manage it? Yeah. I just want to give the audience a bit of context in terms of the, the scale and complexity of the environment you're working in. So can you just talk us through kind of high level what you're doing? Because I know you're kind of spanning project and ops at the moment as well, which is interesting. For the last year or so, we've been migrating um, some legacy telephony into, into Teams. But at the same time, I sit, I sit in the operation side, but I've been working on the project side, bringing that in. And it's getting that balance between knowing what's going on in the project side and being able to keep the, the lights on in the real world. And that's really difficult in the telephony space. You look at some of the scenarios we've had number ports for numbers saying it's four weeks in advance yet confirmed on x day at y time brilliant you can plan for that you can plan it in you can build that process in then you get oh we're porting your numbers in 30 minutes and you just can't manage that the, the, the best ones are when you're just inquiring about what the plan is and they're like oh yeah we've done it yeah. wait a minute <laughs> yeah 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 so we had numbers coming in 30 minutes we're like Quick, send out all the comms, tell all the users. And then we'd send all the comms, all the users, sorry, like this is really last minute. All these numbers are going to be coming across. It's 30 minutes later when they say, yeah, the numbers have come across. Oh, but only four of them came across. The others will be like next week. So we're then having to go back to the users and say, sorry, only four numbers of the 30 or 40 numbers we were expecting to come across have happened now. So number porting is just an absolute lottery. The very last one for two and a half, three months, we were pursuing with the provider because the provider was like a reseller 
So they had resold the number downstream to someone else. So in that process, no one knew who the owning address was, who the authorized name on the account was. So we were going through the reseller down to communicate to the company who had the numbers back up again. It kept on going and going. And in the end, we said, we need to do this by X. They came back and said, oh, the numbers are coming tomorrow at, it was, what was it? 9 a.m. Eastern, because it was East Coast numbers. And how can I manage that? I'm on another project. That week we were deploying a Microsoft Teams room in the East Coast. I said, I can't do that deployment. And it was the Friday. So it was the end of the week and we were doing all the rundown tests and checking everything was running fine. I can't do this. We just had to draft in some resource from other areas to cover yeah. that number pool. So it's things like that. And then the learning that we've had in the last year of just how difficult it's going to be. And are you strategically porting to, are you trying to port down to a single operator or a handful of operators? What's the strategy there? We're trying to keep it as small as we can. All of America are now on to operator connect. That's not been easy. You get new numbers, easy. Just give me the numbers. Assign the numbers is the porting, which is, there's no standard. You would think by now that it would be transactional. It would be, I request the numbers. You give me a time frame. We agree a date. It, it's not, it's a complete free for all. Everyone makes their own rules up. Yeah. And the rules and standards differ from country to country about what's required and what's expected and uh, even carrier by carrier like you say things like the address and the name on the account like everything else is right but you need to yeah. ask the name i don't know and I it's signed up for 10 years ago but we've had a company name since then we had that for one of the offices and, and they were like oh but it, is, is that person still still person at the company can they email them? no they're not at the company their account's closed can you not get them to, no i can't either like, what do you want me to do light their account up and send you an email from their account. Well, I can't. Worryingly, that's sometimes the path of least resistance, actually. If you, if you own exchange, you'd be like, okay, I'll create the account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that it's the inconsistency. You would just expect you're requesting something and it just happens. And it just doesn't. And looking at the bigger picture, it's looking around at some of the areas that we've got to do. Some people are saying, if you go into the South Americas or places like that, you, you could take months to, to do some of those ports. So... Yeah, we'll have to see. And you're going to Operator Connect, you said, in America. Is it Operator Connect where you can and direct routing? In, in, like you've got some interesting countries. Yes, it's going to be some in the Middle East. So some of the areas where you just can't do or connect, then it's, we're going to have to look at doing direct routing. But as, as we can go to Operator Connect as, as much as we can, then it's just so easy. Yeah. So it's within 10 minutes, you've set up an operator. You're making the ops easy then as well, aren't you? Because the ops are all in Teams Admin Center and there's no SBC for your orgs to look after. Yeah. So it's not just the initial thing, it's then going into service. It makes life a bit easier as well. Yeah. And I guess that the, the, we did get caught out on the Americas. We've now got two. We've got an EMEA supplier and we've got an AMAS supplier. And we question with the AMAS, we've got all these numbers, but not all of them are signed. And I can see them all in teams. And they said, oh yeah, that, that's fine. I said, how does this work with the billing? And they said, oh, well, it's going to cost you $8 a month, let's say, to have those numbers in teams unassigned. I don't want that. I've got, yeah. that's a lot of money that I'm spending a month and not having those numbers. Oh no. So if you release them and put them back into our management system, it's 99 cents per number per month that's unassigned. So that's fine. So we went through this massive exercise 
of releasing or, or drawing back the numbers out of teams to, to leave them in the operators. So that they're not making a distinction between assigned in teams and assigned to a user on their system. They're just either you're using them and they're eight or they're yeah. on hold and they're $99.99. Yes. Yeah. So if you move them back, if you shift it left to back in, into that management console for the telephony provider, they'll charge you less per number for, for it to be unassigned. Then when a new starter comes along, you just upload that number into Teams and you assign it to the new starter. Yes, you've got levers. When a lever happens, you've got to then push that number back into the system to stop paying that, that $8 a month. But then you look at the Europe supplier that we've got. It doesn't matter if the number's in or out of Teams. It's just a flat rate for that number. So it's things like that, that there's differences between suppliers, like how they, really how they work. Yeah, we're doing, it, Kevin, on, on the empowering cloud team, we're doing some research into how to make that operator connect decision because there's 61 operators now. And it's things like that. The detail is really in the weeds. That mm. can make a material difference for your ops overhead or some some of the operators have a massive team behind to help with that porting requirement and some of them, you're on your own, it's self-service. So like those things, people don't always think about straight away. And some of them, like we've seen in, in America, can we get some new numbers? And it's within hours, you can have the numbers if they've got them in the range. Whereas the current Europe supplier that we've got can have some new numbers. And it's, yeah, it's only four weeks. It's four weeks. Like in America, I can get them in the next day. It's like next oh, yeah. day delivery for America. Europe's like, no, it's going to take you four weeks. So like, how come? Oh, we've got to go to this team and they've got to um, order them. And then they've got to go to billing. And then they've got to go to deployment. And they've got to go to someone. I'm like, I just need the numbers. And you see the numbers is, oh yeah, I've got them in teams. I can see them in teams. And they're like, I'll say, can I use the numbers? No, can't use the numbers until, until we tell you. Oh, they're just uh, like, yeah, provisioning process. Like it's been, it's been, they've been, they've been ingested into teams, see that. And then you still can't use them. So there's not even the consistency in the provider that you would expect. It's all ProConnect. It all runs the same way. No, each provider has their own nuances of how they get to the end goal. Yeah, and some of them are fully automated web platforms and some of them have no web platform whatsoever and you're emailing and phone calling and doing paper contracts. So it's really yeah. interesting to see the, the diversity there. But then I guess weirdly, when I, I needed one number to be moved from a user number to a, a voice app, I emailed our Europe provider and said, can I move this number from user to voice? It was done within 30 minutes, but they can't give me new numbers for weeks. I couldn't believe it. I think I put the request in and it would take a few weeks to make any back. Yeah, yeah, that's done. I was like, oh, yes, it is done. That's interesting. So that's the kind of phone number element. But something that comes up a lot in these projects is does Teams phone have the, the breadth of features you need? So you're moving off legacy phone platform. Have there been any issues or conversations around that? No. If anything, it's made some of the use case a little bit easier. So... Last week, I was working on a solution for our island office where when the user goes on planned leave in the old system, they would have to log into the old system and, and manually change the number. I said, that that's, that didn't need to do that. We could just set up a holiday and we just put your holiday date. You when you tell us when you, you're going to be on holiday and you just, you put the holidays in and it automatically will just route to the UK number. That was so simple to do. It was so simple that they actually went, it cut, surely that's not going to work. So yeah, it, it is going to work because we, it, and they said, oh no, we've got to, 
we've got to log into this portal and then we've got to change the number and then we've got, we've got to do all of this extra work and it takes an hour to replicate. So mate, it happens within minutes. It's, there's little scenarios of that that people then say, is, is this going to work? Yeah, it works. That's great. And, and is this project like, so, so in some organizations, it, it's signed off on a country by country basis. So like this country has to approve teams and go ahead and some projects are top down org wide. What's the approach there in terms of your migration? I think the first phase was, was pretty much testing the water. And now we've done that. I think we're at the point of looking at how we're going to do this on the bigger picture. Can we get all of the geographic regions all within one supplier? There's a few out there that may be able to do that. Or do we go with one big supplier and then pick off those areas that we can't get with that supplier? That's the kind of the, the next big phase that we've got to look at. And then included with that is, is going to be when you're touching some of the bigger areas is that you're then going to go into contact and center solutions and you're going to have to hook all that into it. So it's a big task. We've learned a lot in the 700 numbers that we've now got in the system. There's a lot of hours that have been put into getting it to that point. I guess you've got to think with porting numbers is because my organization is global. If we're porting numbers, they're going to happen in local times. So when we start to do the APAC numbers, and we're not going to be there at three o'clock in the morning porting yeah. numbers. We're going to have to think globally on how we support it. And, and everything a, you've done so far, has that all been in-house or have you been working with a Microsoft partner or a consultancy? It's all pretty much been in-house. We've had some injected help rice very early on mm -hmm. in the process. I've learned on my seat as I've gone. That's great to hear. It's, 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 it's interesting, again, different approaches to different customers. I'm seeing more and more of that because it's... SaaS and cloud, particularly with Operator Connect, people are trying to pick off a lot of it in-house and, and keep that skill in-house as opposed to paying consultancies. Yeah. And I think the things that we especially learn around, like thinking about how the holidays work, there's even, if you look at the Americas, they have a different set of holidays. And then the difficult one is when you get to like Christmas and which lines are going to open when, and that, that all needs to be fought out. Holidays is, was a challenge for us because you've got to get right with the business and you've got to work it in and they might change their mind and got to think about how we get to that point. So that's a nice transition actually to uh, something we talk about a lot um, is what's the operational model here? So you've got projects, you've got porting and getting things over. And I guess on that operational conversation, what are your thoughts on, is it a voice team and a rooms team and a collaboration team? Is it all of teams? Is it all M365? How, how are you guys looking at that? It's a good question. So I can see this changing as time goes on. The conversation we've had recently around, well, we historically, if it was an on-premise telephony solution, it would historically sit in networks. The system moves is effectively, well, we're just going to move into teams and port the numbers and bring it all across and bring the cool contact center solution into an integrated cloud solution. That's going to shift all of that system. What can happen with the resource and the roles of responsibilities for that? Does some of it stay within the classic network or does it come into the more collaboration space within digital workplace? That piece we really need to understand more now. I can see that if we don't get the clear lines of engagement internally, we're not going to be able to, the user's going to put a request in or tell it and say the problem. No one knows where it's going to end up. Oh, it's telephony. It's got to be out of networks. No, it's not because it's cloud. 
Yeah, this uh, is what I'm seeing with other organizations I work with as well. Is like there's like telephony is now a feature of Teams, so it lives with the Teams team potentially, but does that ops team that are coming from the Microsoft lands understand the intricacies of telephony and, and vice versa? You you try and keep it with the telephony team, but they don't really understand how no. Azure AD or moves ads or changes or, or also attendance and call keys work because it's all Teams admin center. So there's definitely a line there that's blurring a bit like telephony used to be independent of networks and like you say it's very common like in your org where telephony becomes part of networks because it went ip i'm working on a model with another organization about what that looks like because then you've got the wider m365 impacts telephony and meetings well, so you, you've got yeah. to be aware of the entire stack really and then you've got the question that i'm starting to look at this week what does the new busy on busy the user setting how does that inf- Im- impact on the core queues? We've got busy on busy still at the top layer of the tenancy. Everyone gets the same policy. If I start to give it to a user with busy on busy and say to the users, okay, you decide what you're going to do when a call comes through. What impact does that have on call queues? When we've got the calls coming through the call queue to those users that are in that call queue. I was at the point of uh, writing the comments and I think, hang on, what's going to happen if I give the users the responsibility to control what happens when they get a call and they're busy? Is this going to have a, have an adverse effect when someone says, or oh, I'll accept the call and someone else says, I'll send it to voicemail. How does that work? Yes, it works fine. If you're not in a call queue and you're just a normal person, you're not accepting calls from the outside. When you're in a call queue, how does that work? So I've got some more testing to do around so that. So to even get to that conversation, you've had to be aware that feature is rolling out. You seem to have a but at least a mature process around looking at those message center and roadmap changes. Talk us through how that works. Yeah. So this kind of started when I started the role, I, was, I guess it was from, even from my previous role, I was getting very conscious of the level of change that was coming from Microsoft and the cadence that it was coming through at. And when I started in my role, I said, look, do we look at the message center? Are we aware of what's going on? And it was very much a, oh, we might have a look every now and again. And so. I started up this and it was just a startup really, just to see how it, how it would, would work out. So every Tuesday afternoon, I, I lead through the message center review board. And that often is around 15 to 25 key messages, which have come through in the week. And we sit down as a team from the operations, from security, digital workplace, who else have we got on there? We've got kind of some of the in-tune management perspective. We've got a collective of people that we work through these messages. And when it comes to like Defender and security and purview, that I've got specialists there that I put up on screen and say, guys, you chew through this because I'm, I'm out on this one. Teams and the kind of collab stuff, fine. When it starts to get deep down into some of the um, security technical areas, I'm out. And we go through each of the messages and then we say, okay, no impact on this one. It's going to be for reference. This then goes into the bucket that we communicate to our users. And that goes into our, we call it the, did you know? So every Wednesday we put a, did you know, up onto Yammer and it's, it's one of those useful little snippets of information. Oh, did you know that in PowerPoint, there's now a button that you can share directly into the team's meeting, those type of things. They will just slip through the message center if you're not aware it's coming on. Then you get the oh, 15th of May, the break glass and screen moment from Microsoft. Stream Classic, no one's going to be able to upload any videos into Stream Classic after the 15th of May, unless you extend the date. And 
that's going to be a big one because if people aren't aware of that, and if you're not diligent in seeing what's coming through that message sensor, your users are going to get to a point where they're going to go, hey, why can't I upload a video? And then you're on the back foot. You're firefighting. Yeah, firefighter. Foot, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. It's, it, it's a tough job because the message sensor ranges from like massively impactful scenarios to, you know, Excel features changing and does it really matter? But then knowing what matters to you is a really challenging job mm. as well because you haven't necessarily got visibility. Microsoft have started doing those impact numbers where they have a feel for like, you have this many people working on this workload. Um, I still think it's a really tough job to go through that messenger. And sometimes the, the messages are a little bit vague on this is changing at yeah. one point. It's like, well, yeah. what, what do I do with this? <laughs> Some of the crazy ones that come through, blocking macros, that was a massive one from last year. That start, that dropped at the start of the year. Uh, Authenticator Lite, so the Authenticator in the Outlook app on iOS and Android, the change to numeric. So you have to put the numeric code in, yeah, in, in MFA now. Like... And then it doesn't then work on an Apple Watch so MFA has now been dropped from the Apple Watch. Things like that, you just don't know. So the way we've set this up is that we've we've got a planner set up where we've got a, it's like a utility account. The utility account then goes in at 2 a.m. every morning. It goes into the message center, draws out any new messages and puts them into a bucket within planner, which is the message center. Every day I then go through. No, nice. if you've got through. a process, so you will, yeah. you'll have caught 100% of them because it's prototyped. That's yeah. really smart. So the utility account will dump all of the, all the message centers in the morning, come in and I say, how many have I got in? Okay, I've got four in overnight. Right. Those ones can go because they're just like, not rubbish, but it's the generic stuff which comes yeah. through. Like, oh, here's what's, here's what's um, come out in this month's preview channel or something like that. Then, then other, the other stuff, I think, okay, this is going to be either... Impactful, we need to be aware so the user's raise anything on this, or this is going to be a big change going forwards. That goes into the review bucket. Every Tuesday, we run through the review, and then in that planner, they get then assigned to those individuals to deliver. Once it's been assigned, sometimes I go and look around and see what's going on, but essentially, if it's assigned to you, so it's you've over got, to you guys. You've got, you've got named people responsible for yeah. your understanding the impact of this change. I, I like yeah. you've got a process there. Yeah. But there are some crazy little things that come through. Like this week came through. There's now, if you turn it on at the tenancy level, users can edit their responses of form submissions, but you've got to turn it on at the tenancy to then allow the owner of the form to decide whether or not to turn off edit after submission. And if you don't know that, you're, if you don't know that's coming through the message center, you'll it never get deployed. Yeah. But it'd be years and years and someone will say, do you know if there's a way that you can edit a form or submissions can edit their response after the form's been, oh no, let me have a look. Google, have a look. Can I do this? Oh yeah. It's, oh, it was that message center two years ago that the ability came in, but we never switched it on. So as soon as it came in this week, we all agreed, yep, let's turn this on, raise the change, turn it on. Then we'll put the notification out as a, did you know, just to say, did you know, you can now, if you want to allow submitters to edit their responses. Yeah. That's yeah. great that you've got the end user comms in that process as well, because that's yeah. the other piece that often that's a different team that own a different conversation and doesn't yeah. the end users. So the, there is a lot that comes through and the cadence, sometimes they give you months, if not years, and sometimes they give you weeks or days, or sometimes they just say, oh, oh, by the way, this is landed. The, the team's admin center update to the refresh of the look of the of TAC. I was like, 
that's changed. That's new. I haven't seen anything in the message center. This week comes into the message center. Oh, seems I've been upset. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. already done I've, it. Yeah. I've seen the new version of TAC for the last two weeks. Like, it came in. I was like, oh, great. Cheers. Yeah. Like, thanks for telling me. It is interesting, isn't it? Because you've got so many organizations using Microsoft 365, and it's a combination of what you hear in the community and then your message center. And some things hit the roadmap and don't hit message center. Some things hit the message center and never hit roadmap. Some mm-hmm. things just turn up and you never know. Yeah. So it's a quite yeah. a challenging job to keep on top of it and then do the user comms appropriately. Yeah. There's a couple of cheap mechanisms. I'll, I'll shout out to Daryl and Daniel on the 365 message center show. Everyone catch it on the Monday evening. It's normally about five or six o'clock on the Monday evening. So I'm being dragged away for dinner with the family. But normally Tuesday morning, I'm in. First thing I'm watching is the playback on the YouTube channel. It saves me a lot of time having to sift through the information. They will quite succinctly put that really neatly together. I can just supplement what they say with some of the internal kind of company logic that we've got to say, hey, this is how it's going to impact us. It's worth looking them up. Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. Actually, it's a great show. I I do catch that as well. It's definitely one worth watching. Awesome. We're getting close to time, but thanks for giving the insight. Those are two areas I wanted to touch. Uh, I think we should do another show at some point to talk about the rooms because you're doing oh, the rooms. room space, which is yeah. super interesting as well. It's nice to have a real world perspective on that project migration to Teams phone and interesting to hear that the the bulk of the challenge is actually porting as opposed to features because often it's people scared of, oh, will it have all the features I need for my users? But actually it's that project friction of getting to the single cloud operator or multiple cloud operators but getting from the legacy operators to yeah can be quite interesting yeah i mean it, it when we started on the journey i didn't think the porting piece was going to be the the bit that really held us up i thought it was going to be more user kind of internal kind of elements that bits the kind of the transition that was seamless Normally user engagement, user buy-in, all the internal um, business fun that you have with that, that, that was nothing compared to porting was, the, was just this ongoing pain point. Awesome. Got, got. Thanks. Thanks for taking time. If you're happy to, I will definitely bring you back again and we'll talk, sure. talk some more about rooms and see where you are on the journey. And thanks for sharing that message and stuff. I think that's a really hot area that certainly I'm talking about lots of organizations and it doesn't seem to be a really good best standard out there for that. So something we're looking at in Powering Cloud is trying to work out what is the ideal standard for having that. I like your idea of the, the, the message changeable. That's a really good approach. I get some feedback from some of the people, like people join the business and we brought them into the board and like I said, this is great. Like everyone needs this because if you're not on top of it, you're never going to know you're on the back foot continuously. Because the Microsoft, sometimes they drop it on, some, like default on. Like sometimes they drop it default off. There's no consistency there. The joke that I have with when I chat to Daryl and Daniel is because I see the messages so often, I can look at a message and they say, oh, this is going to land mid-May. That's July. Like, or they said, this is going to land mid-June. That sounds about right. And then you see an update come through. Oh. Based on user feedback, this has been extended to, to, yeah. to mid-July. Their, their start date is always the very first tenant that's got it. It's like a three-month rollout. So they're like, yeah, it's going to be in yeah. uh, Q2, maybe. Yeah, yeah guaranteed yes. I can possibly look at a message center and tell you which ones are going to come for everyone update. It's going to slip by two or three months. Awesome. If people want to find more from you, Damien, what's the best space? I think you're fairly active on LinkedIn, aren't you? Yeah, catch me on LinkedIn. I can, um, I can link yeah. it in the show notes, definitely. I think it's Damien's worth it. 
worth, worth following. He's always on the, the say the team's fireside chat and throwing good knowledge of real world hands on ops. So I appreciate you sharing. 